Now it's good to see you. So thank you very much for coming out. And it's <coughs> lovely to be back with you again in Scott Street. And we trust that we will know the Lord's presence and blessing and help tonight in the gospel. So you're very welcome. So the announcements for this week, God willing, are Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. is the prayer meeting and the Bible study. And the subject is Peter and his preaching. Then next Lord's Day at 7 o'clock is the gospel meeting. And God willing, if the Lord spares, I'll be back next Sunday night, God willing, to uh, take the meeting in the will of God. Now, I would like to read a, a couple of verses first this evening in the book of Hebrews, and chapter 9, please. Hebrews and chapter 9. And we'll begin to read at verse 13. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, to purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And then over to uh, verse uh, 24, please. It says, For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are a figure of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now, if you turn back to uh, the book of Exodus, please, to that uh, lovely uh, portion in, in chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12, please, and it's, uh, verses and a portion we know well. Exodus chapter 12, and we'll begin to read at uh, verse 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of his fathers, a lamb for a house. And if your household be too little for the lamb, then let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a meal of the first year. Ye shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and ye shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts on the upper door post of the house wherein ye eat it. And when ye shall eat the flesh, and they, and they that eat the flesh that night shall roast it with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs, and the Puritans thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, with your shoes on your feet, 
your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And behold, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now verse 28. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord smote the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And we trust the Lord will bless his word. We remember that whenever God called Abraham at the start, and he told him that his family would, that he would be down in the land of Egypt, he told them they'd be there for about 400 years. They were there for 430 years in the land of Egypt. Remember how Joseph went down and then the famine came and they went down in there to buy corn and Joseph made himself known to them. And he sent for Jacob and his brethren came down and they multiplied in the land until the Egyptians seen that they were becoming greater than they and then whenever the heart of Pharaoh was turned against them and the Lord sent Moses into the land to bring them out and he had sent the plagues and time and time again Pharaoh had listened and he had hardened his heart and he refused to let the people go and God said to Moses the time has come I send one more plague and he says this time he let the people go. And God had given instructions to Moses and Aaron concerning what they had to do. You know, he says that I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And he says I'll smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt. You see, that night as the, the people in Egypt both the Jews and the Gentiles together, there that night God had promised to visit them and he says the only way of escape is you have to take a lamb. There has to be a lamb. There has to be a lamb taken out from the sheep or from the goats. And it said the lamb had to be without blemish or without spot. You see, I was thinking of the people and really I was thinking about the lamb. Whenever the people would have heard this message, they would have understood clearly that it wasn't just any lamb that would do. It had to be the best lamb that there was. 
It had to be without blemish, and it had to be without spot, and humanly speaking, as far as possible, it had to be perfect. It had to be of the highest standard. And this little lamb had to be taken. And I was thinking, you know, whenever the people would have went, they would have heard the message. They would have went to the field. And they would have examined the flock. And they would have picked out this little lamb. And they would have examined all the rest and examined it. And when they had seen that it met the standards that God had set, it had to be brought home, examined in the field. You see, this little lamb was brought home and then it was kept in the house for, from the 10th day to the 14th day. And in the house, there's no doubt about it, you could imagine the people and the importance they placed on this lamb. This lamb meant absolutely everything to them because this lamb was going to be the means of their life being spared. And the firstborn placed the utmost dependence on the utmost importance on the preciousness of this lamb. And whenever he would have examined it in the field, he would have been quite happy that it was the best it was. But you know, if he was anything like me, whenever he would have got at home in those days, you know, you examine things again. I was just thinking of the lamb being examined in the family. In the family. And as that man would have got up morning and evening, you know, there maybe might have been, I hope I'm not going over the top here, but there might have been some kind of a doubt in his mind. What happens if there's a blemish or something appears in the lamb in these days that lie between? So I would imagine the man being human and being the way we are, I would imagine it would have been examined in the family. And then again, whenever... It came to the time of the sacrifice. And it came to the time when the little lamb had to be slain and his blood had to be caught. You know, I would imagine, I would be very sure that the man would have run his eye and his hand over the lamb to examine it finally. A final examination of the lamb. You know, he wouldn't have wanted something to have been wrong with it. And there maybe was a, a doubt or a possibility in his mind that maybe something would have happened to this lamb. You know, isn't it good to be saved tonight? Isn't it good to be depending on one who is perfect? Isn't it good to be depending on one tonight who was, who was made in the likeness of man, who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. 
Isn't it good tonight to be trusting? Not in a religion. Not in something that needs to be propped up or something that needs to be fed or something that, that needs continual attention. Isn't it good tonight to be trusting in the precious Lamb of God? Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by his infinite mercy. God's child and forever I am. You know, I was just thinking of this. I was actually driving one night to Donachadee it was. And I was driving along the road and I was just thinking about this portion of scripture. And, and these thoughts came into my mind about the examination of the Lamb. It was very important to those people that this lamb was perfect. And then, when we turn it round and we examine the lamb of God, the lamb of God, John said, Behold the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Let us just have a look for a minute or two this evening at the Lamb in which we are depending. The Lamb that was slain from before the foundation of the world. The one who we have placed our eternal hope in. The one that we are depending upon in everything for eternity. No righteousness in me is found. I stand upon redemption ground. We're trusting in God's eternal Son tonight. We have accepted him as our Savior. We have acknowledged that there's nothing in us or about us that is worthy. We're sinful from the core in. And from the core out, there's nothing good about us. But we're trusting in the precious Lamb of God. You know, whenever we take the examination of the Lord. First of all, we could think of the Lord at his birth. Remember that night that the angel said, For unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. They went on to say that, that unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And whenever he came into the world, you know, there was a few hearts that were stirred, those shepherds and those wise men, and they came and they visited the Lord. But whenever the Lord was a child, we get very, maybe only the one glimpse of when he was 12 in the temple, and there he was as a boy of 12, and he was in the temple. And he, and he said to, to Mary, Know ye not that I must be about my father's business? I often think it must have been strange for his mother and father. It must have been strange for his younger brothers and sisters to live in a family with one who was perfect, to, 
to raise a child and to have a brother or a sister in whom there was no sin, in whom there was no fault, one who was perfect in everything he done and everything he said. What must it have been like to have, have grew up in a home where the Lord was examined continually and yet there was no fault in them? You know, whenever we bring it in to ourselves and, and we say, how do we stand up to the examination in the family? How do we stand up to this examination that's in the family? But the Lord stood up perfectly. He was examined in the family. And my, there was never one like him. But we could think of the Lord being examined in the field. Many, many times, all through the scriptures and in the, in the gospels, we read of the Lord and, and how people came to try and catch him in his words and how they came to try and put him in a corner and, and every time he was able just to speak and, and to bring them to nothing. And they came and remember they, they sent the, 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 the servants to try and catch him in his words and, and they laid all kinds of traps for him. And yet they came back and they said, never man speak like this man. You see, he was examined in the family. He was examined in the field. Remember that time after he was out in the wilderness after his baptism Remember how Satan came and when he tried to get him to turn the stones into bread and to, to jump down from the temple and, and to bow down and to worship him. And, and there he was under tremendous satanic attack. Our lamb, our precious lamb. And there the son of God, he was examined through and through. He, he was tested by hell's forces. And he remained perfect. This is our lamb. Aren't you glad tonight that you have no hope in yourself? You have no confidence in yourself. You're depending on the lamb of God. You see, he was, he was tried in the family. He was tested in the family. He was examined and he was examined in the field and I was just thinking of how he was examined finally. Remember whenever he was before Pilate and, and how Pilate examined him and how on at least five occasions he says, I find no fault in this man. He conducted himself in the presence of Pilate to such an extent that this great man, it says, Pilate marveled. He marveled at his conduct. He marveled at his words. He marveled at his behavior. Pilate was taken in awe when he examined the Lamb of God. You know, Pilate came under tremendous pressure 
And like so many today, he allowed the pressure of the world that seemed to be unbearable upon him that day. And the truth of the matter is, like so many, he folded, as we would say. He folded and he gave in to the pressure and he took a basin of water and he washed his hands and he says, I'm innocent of the blood of this just man. You know, the thing about it is, we cannot wash our hands of the responsibility of what we do with the Savior. All the water in Loch Ness tonight wouldn't wash us from our responsibility of what we do with God's Son. And Pilate was warned by his wife. And he was moved by the conduct and the behavior of God's Son. And yet he gave him over to their will. And they took him and the soldiers, they stripped him and they scourged him and they mocked him and they beat him. And they crowned him with thorns and they put a reed in his hand. They clothed him with a, with a, with a, with a purple robe and they spat on his face and they sat him at naught. And from the scourging pole, he made his way to Calvary, the precious Lamb of God. Made his way to the cross. And underneath that tremendous pain and pressure of that cross upon him, he stopped on his road. And he looked at those women that followed him. And he says, weep not for me but for yourselves. You see, God's son, the people thought they had him on the ropes, but the truth of the matter was, God's son was in complete control. God's son, everything was going according to the plan of God. They took him out. They nailed him. To the cross at Calvary. There they lifted him up. God's son hung. This, the Lamb of God. Who came to take away the sin of the world. God's eternal son hung on Calvary's cross. And he suffered for our sin. You know I was driving to the midweek meeting. Through the week and I was going out past the Mary Gospel Hall and they have a sign on the end of the, in the gable of the building saying Christ died for our sins. And it's all lit up the lights but something must have happened the lights and only the half of it was lit up and it said it was just shining out of the darkness for our sins. For our sins. You know everything that the Lord done his coming from heaven was for our sins. His living on earth and going to Calvary, it was for our sin. And there at Calvary's cross, that tremendous day, that tremendous sacrifice was made. Christ died for our sins. The Lamb of God that we read about in Hebrews, without spot, who offered himself once for all. 
once for our sin, suffered the wrath of divine, of the, the wrath of a holy and divine God. And there the, the sin of the world was placed on his beloved Son. God's wrath was channeled and funneled down upon a sinless lamb. And there the lamb that was perfect, that had been examined in the family, that had been examined in the field of work, that had been examined of Pilate, and there was no fault nor blemish in him, there he became the sacrifice for sin suffering and dying in the sinner's place. And when he had suffered all of wrath divine, and when sin's tremendous debt had been paid in full, he bowed his head and he dismissed his spirit. He was in complete and utter control. And he cried as finished. Finished the work that he came to do. There stood at the side of that cross those men, that death squad you would maybe call, call them, there they were, those hardened Roman soldiers, that this was just in the line of duty. This was something they had become almost immune to, listening to the sufferings and the words of dying men, and their hardened hearts, they, they stood day after day. But there stood the centurion, that Roman centurion, that hardened, seasoned man that had watched suffering day after day, probably all his life. And as he examined the lamb, as he examined, God's Lamb, he realized there's something different. He realized this isn't a criminal. This isn't an ordinary man. This isn't just a good man that has been wrongly convicted. As he examined him and he listened to him, he says, truly this man is the Son of God. Truly, this is a righteous man. As he was examined on Calvary, my, he was examined by God. He was punished by God. I wonder tonight, what is your opinion? What is our honest opinion? of the Son of God, examined for us at the cross, bruised for our iniquities. Can we stand back tonight and say, truly, 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 this is a righteous man. Truly, this is the Son of God. And we can all go farther and we can all say, truly, he's my Saviour. I'm trusting in Jesus' precious blood. No righteousness in me is found. I stand upon redemption's ground. We're trusting, trusting in Jesus.
as he was examined. You know, I was just thinking, going back to the story of the Israelites that night as they sat in the home as the lamb had been slain and his blood had been taken. You see this blood when it was shed and it was caught in the basin. You see, it was precious to the firstborn. And they took the bunch of hyssop and they applied it around the doorposts and the lintel. And they went in and they closed the door. You see, it was a way that God had approved. The one we are speaking of this evening, the one that we have examined, the Hebrew says he was a man approved of God. A man approved of God. You see, dear soul, as the, the firstborn would have sat that night, his confidence, his hope, his dependence was on the application of the precious blood. And as he sat in the home that night, I tell you, he had no confidence in who he was. It didn't matter if he was a nephew of Moses or Aaron. It didn't matter, dear friend, who his connections, who he was connected to. And another thing, the, the Israelites spoiled the Egyptians and they give them the riches to carry out and his confidence wasn't in the bags of rubies, it wasn't in the bags of gold. His confidence wasn't in his wealth or in his riches in the house. It wasn't on his connections to Moses or Aaron. His, his confidence alone was in the blood that was applied to the door. And in the promise that God had made, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Oh, dear friend, tonight, how we can look back and we can say we have been to the altar and witnessed a lamb that was burnt holy to ashes for us. How we, we're so thankful tonight that the God of heaven and his mercy has so dealt with us in our lives that we have trusted Jesus on a saving power. We're washed, we're atoned in that precious blood. Oh, and we have no confidence in ourselves. We have no confidence in halls. We have no confidence in men or religion. We're trusting fairly and squarely on God's eternal Son. Oh, it's wonderful to be saved. It's wonderful to be free from religion. It's wonderful to be free from works and free from bondage. It's just wonderful to be under the precious blood of God's eternal Son. You see that as that Israelite set, that firstborn set in that home that night, I tell you, his, his confidence was in the blood. His confidence was in the promise of God. That God had said, When I see the blood, I will pass over you. What a promise. When we come to the book of John, we read that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, I speak to a brother from time to time. He's, 
been saved a few years and he has troubled sometimes with his past. And the enemy keeps raking up his past and he worries about it and he, and he doubts himself sometimes and sometimes he gets very low. And, and he would bring up his past sin and he would be into all kinds of gadgets and computers and I remember saying to him, he was sitting and he had like some kind of a keypad and there was all kinds of buttons on it and there was one that it said delete, delete. And I said, you know, whenever you're doing something on your computer or you're writing something out or you make a mistake and you look at it when you're finished and it doesn't, doesn't please you, all you do is you push that button and it's gone. Delete it. It's gone forever. I says, you know, that's the wonderful thing about God's salvation. Our sins and iniquities, he remembers no more. And the moment we put our trust in him, the delete button was hit and our past was erased from the very memory of God. Dear friend, tonight it's a wonderful thing to be saved. It's a wonderful thing just to have taken God at his word and have applied the precious blood of God's Son and accepted him as our Saviour. But you know what's said? As, as I finished, it said, you know, that there, were, there wasn't a house in Egypt where there was not one dead. You see, it was a way that had been appointed by God. It was a lamb, a way that had been approved by God. It was blood that had been simply applied by man. And depending on God's promise is what made the Israelites safe. But there were those that night that had abused the message they heard. There were those in the morning that said from the palace to the prison, there was not a house where there was not one dead. You see, the Lord said, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. And tonight, there are many, many in, the, in this country alone. And they're depending on so, so many other things. And they have so many theories and so many notions. And there's so many religions and Satan has them so confused that they have missed the simplicity that there is in Christ. The absolute simplicity that there is in placing faith in Christ. And there are millions worldwide and the way of God's salvation has been abused. It has been ignored. And you see, God said he would come. God said he would visit them. He said he would bring them out. And it must have seemed a long time. And the slavery must have seemed as if it would never end. And as they got closer to the coming out, the, the taskmasters made their trials worse. 
And it must have seemed that when Moses and Aaron came with a message, it must have seemed whenever they, they, they weren't allowed to be given straw and whenever they had to make the bricks and, and they were beaten because they hadn't made the, the quota for the day, it must have seemed that, that, that this promise was never going to be fulfilled. And it must have seemed the darkest days of all. Just before the morning broke, God led them out, opened up the sea and led them away and shut the sea behind them. You see, there was no way back. The way back into Egypt for them was blocked. Dear child of God tonight, God and his grace has brought us out. God and his grace has closed the door of hell against us. Yes, we may stumble and blunder and, and fail from time to time along the way, but God's promise cannot fail. He promised, he says, I will come and take them out. And take them out he did. And as you and I look around the world and we see what's happening, we can hardly believe we are where we are. We can hardly believe we're looking. I would say at this beginning of the setting up of the system that will, that will be taken over by this Antichrist, this one world ruler. I believe we're at the very beginning of it. Where the, the very seeds are already been sown. Uh, and the days seem so dark. And, and, and it seems at times so difficult. Uh, and the world's so hard, hard against us. Dear friend... God had said he would come and take them out, and take them out he did. And he says, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. And he's coming for us. Help us not to lose heart or lose our courage in these dark and wicked days. But as, as the scripture says, but looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of God. You know, we read tonight in Hebrews about the spotless one who, who died and bore our sin at Calvary. But we finished up when we read in Hebrews that he has entered in into the holy place, now to appear in the presence of God for who? For us. You know, dear friend, we have one who has conquered all of Satan's forces. We have one who has conquered hell and sin and all the hordes of darkness. And he has put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He died and was raised again. And he's entered into the presence of God. Oh, what a blessing we're in tonight. What a blessing. We should be the most joyful people on earth. And he's coming for us. May the Lord keep us and, and keep our focus and our mind on him who has done so great things for us and greater things to come. And it's all because of what he done at Calvary and because we have simply applied the blood. No righteousness in me is found I stand upon redemption's ground. Wonderful to be saved. I trust tonight that 
maybe this might have been of a wee encouragement or or a wee help to you. And maybe someone will listen to it somewhere down the line on, on some way. I just hope and trust that their faith will be placed in the one, the spotless Lamb of God. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And believing, they shall be saved. God's promise cannot fail. Unto as many as receive him, to them give a power to become the children of God, even to them that believe in his name. How simple God's way of salvation, not trying or doing our best, but simply believing in Jesus, the weary and sinful, find rest. May the Lord bless us and help us. Let us pray. Our Father, we just bow before thee this evening and we just thank thee for the great plan of salvation. We thank thee tonight again, our Father, that there was one that came from heaven, perfect in every way, examined daily on earth from the day of his birth to the day of his death. On the day of his birth, they declared him the Savior, the King of the Jews, the one that would come, the one that would be the Savior of all men. The day that he died, that Roman centurion could say, truly, this is the Son of God, examined our Father by his family, examined by the world, examined by God. No fault no stain, no sin. Our Father, we thank thee tonight that we have accepted thy beloved Son. Thy word says that we are accepted in him and the righteousness of God is imputed upon us because of our faith in him. How we thank thee tonight, our God, for the dear Lamb of God. We just pray that thou would help us, our Father, in the week that lies ahead to appreciate the wonder of what thy Son has done for us and live for him, our Father, in our families. Live for him in the field where we are. And our Father, live for him to our final day. Remember us again, Father, for next Lord's Day, God willing, We pray for thy divine help. We pray that thou would bring something to our mind through the week. Thou know, Father, we're nothing. We cannot do a thing without thee. Thou know, our Father, we have nothing to say unless the Lord brings something to our hearts. Father, we look to thee. We ask of thee to remember again our family and friends that are not saved. We pray that every one of them, our Father, as they examine us from day to day, that they might see that we have been with Jesus. We we give thee thanks for our time together. Thank thee for all that came tonight. We just pray that these few simple, stammering remarks might have been encouragement to some soul and help to us all. And give us help to sing our final hymn and take us home with thy protection and blessing.
as we thank thee for thy Son and our salvation in his precious and worthy name. Amen.